ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد so today then we're on the chapter regarding the Eid prayer. The Eid prayer, Eid al-Fitr, and also Eid al-Adha, it is something which is legislated in Islam, and that is proven by evidences from the Quran, from the Sunnah, and from the consensus of the Muslims of the Ummah. وَقَدْ كَانَ الْمُشْرِكُونَ يَتَّخِذُونَ أَعْيَادًا زَمَانِيَّ وَمَكَانِيَّ Previously, before Islam, the mushrikun, they used to have Eids. They used to have certain Eids that they used to do. Certain places, certain times, they used to have various Eids. So when Islam came, it invalidated all of those Eids. They were all nullified. And they were all replaced by these two Eids that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala legislated for us. Eid al-Fitr and Eid al-Adha. And both of these Eids are linked to great acts of worship. Eid al-Fitr, it is linked to Ramadan. You finish Ramadan and then Eid al-Fitr. This Eid, Eid al-Adha, is linked to Hajj. So fasting Ramadan and Hajj, two great acts of worship from the pillars of Islam. And that is where the two Eids have been associated to. It's mentioned in a narration that when the Prophet ﷺ came to Medina and the people, they used to have two particular days that they used to play around in. The people of Medina, they used to have two particular days that they used to play around in. When the Prophet ﷺ came to Medina, that's what he saw them doing. So he said to them, قَدْ أَبْدَلَكُمُ اللَّهُ بِهِمَا خَيْرًا مِنْهُمَا Allah has exchanged these Eids of yours, these celebrations that you do two days a week. Allah has changed these two days, or not in the week, but generally the two days they used to have. Allah has exchanged them for better than that. And Allah has given you Yawm al-Nahar and Yawm al-Fitr Eid al-Adha and Eid al-Fitr فَلَا تَجُوزُ الزِّيَادَةِ عَلَى هَذَيْنِ الْعِيدَيْنِ بِإِحْدَاثِ أَعْيَادٍ أُخْرَى كَأَعْيَادِ الْمَوَالِدِ وَغَيْرِهَا That's why it is impermissible to make up any more Eids on top of these two Eids. It is impermissible to make up any more Eids on top of these two Eids. 
Eidul Fitr and Eidul Adha. So you cannot have the celebration of birthdays. Birthday celebrations are haram. Getting birthday gifts is impermissible. This is not from Islam to celebrate birthdays and birthday presents and all other types of celebrations that they do. All of these different days, Valentine's Day and this day and that day, all of that is impermissible and none of it is legislated in Islam. That is all imitation of the disbelievers. And the Prophet said, Man Whomsoever imitates a people, then he is from them. So all of these different days, Mother's Day, Father's Day, this day, that day, none of them are from Islam. And it is not permissible to celebrate any of them or to congratulate people about any of them. بَلْ هُوَ مِنْ فِعْلِ الْجَاهِلِيَّةِ وَتَقْلِيدِ لِلْأُمَمِ الْكُفْرِيَّةِ مِنَ الدُّوَلِ الْغَرْبِيَّةِ وَغَيْرِهَا So that is imitation of the disbelievers from the Westerners and other than that. So it is not permissible. And the Prophet ﷺ already said, إِنَّ أَحْسَنَ الْحَدِيثِ كِتَابُ اللَّهِ that the best of speech is the book of Allah. Wa khair al-hadi, hadi Muhammad. And the best guidance is the guidance of Muhammad. Wa sharr al-umuri muhdathatuha wa kulla bid'atin dalala. And the worst of the affairs are the newly invented ones. And every innovation is a misguidance. So all of these birthdays and Mother's Day and Father's Day and all of these things, none of them are from Islam and it is impermissible to celebrate them. Eid is known as Eid in Arabic because the word Eid, it means something which is repetitive. So Eid is obviously something repetitive, comes round every year at the end of Ramadan, it is always Eid. Every year, 10th of Dhul Hijjah is always Eid. So they come round again and again at those fixed times. First of Shawwal, 10th of Dhul Hijjah, Eid, Eid. So they repeat and they come back again and again. So that is what the word Eid means in Arabic. Repetition, coming again and again. And that's why the Prophet said, لا تتخذوا قبري عيدا Don't make my grave into an Eid. Hadith. Don't make my grave into an Eid. What does it mean, don't make my grave into an Eid? means don't make it something that you repetitively and constantly keep visiting. It's not sunnah to do that. Sunnah is now and again you go, you give the salam, etc. But constantly, regularly, after every prayer, every Jum'ah, every Fajr, like people do, you have to go give salam, you have to go. It's not like that. The Prophet said, don't make my grave into an Eid. Don't make it a place of regular visitation all the time, every Fajr prayer, every Jum'ah prayer. It's not supposed to be like that. So Eid means something which comes back again and again and repeats. 
In the Quran, then what's the evidence on Eid? Inna a'tayna kal kawfar fasalli li rabbika wanhar inna shani'aka huwal abtar fasalli li rabbika wanhar This ayah is talking about this Eid which is coming now. Eid al-Adha. Fasalli li rabbika, pray to your Lord. The primary meaning of it, as many scholars say, is Salah of Eid al-Adha. Fasalli li rabbika. Wanhar, and then slaughter. So this is talking about that Eid. Also, like we said, there are many evidences in the Sunnah. There are many evidences... Regarding these two Eids, that is something well established. There is no doubt about that. Nobody is going to say there is uncertainty. We don't have proof for Eid al-Fitr. We don't have proof for Eid al-Adha. That is clear. وَقَدْ أَمَرَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمْ بِهَا حَتَّى النِّسَاءِ فَيُسَنُّ لِلْمَرْأَى حُضُورُهَا غَيْرَ مُتَطَيِّبَةً وَلَا لَابِسَ لِثِيَابِ زِينَةً أَوْ شُهْرَةً even the women, the Prophet ﷺ told them to go out to the Eid prayer. As long as they are not putting their fragrances on and they're not putting their beautiful clothes on, when they go out, they cover themselves. Cover themselves and go to the Eid prayer. And so that, even for the women, indicates the greatness of this day and the joy of this day that everybody comes, the men and the women, they come and attend also. والخروج لصلاة العيد وأداء صلاة العيد على هذا النمط المشهود من الجميع فيه إظهار لشعار الإسلام. So all of the Muslims coming out and going and praying the Eid, that shows you one of the open and apparent signs of Islam, even in this country now. On Eid day, all over the place, it comes on the news and everything. Muslims out in the park, 2,000 in their congregation prayer. Here now in these cities, they see the Muslims coming out onto the parks and the fields in big congregations and praying. All of this shows that sign of Islam, the celebration of Eid. So that is something which is correct. So this Eid is one of the apparent signs of this religion. When all of the Muslims get together and they go out and they pray the Eid and everybody sees it, there is something apparent from the affairs of Islam. The first time that the Prophet ﷺ prayed Eid al-Fitr was what year? In the second year of Hijrah. So he became a Prophet when he was 40. He remained in Mecca for 13 years. So now he's 53, he's been a Prophet for 13 years. Two years after the Hijrah, so now approximately 55. He's been a prophet for 15 years. So you're saying 15 years after the revelation began, that's the first time they prayed Eid al-Fitr? That's what you're saying? 
No, but when did they pray Eid al-Fitr first time? Eid al-Fitr, Fitr. So you're right. Eid al-Fitr, that is correct, because Ramadan, fasting was prescribed second year of Hijrah. So the first Eid al-Fitr was after that. So in the second year of Hijrah, that is when the Prophet ﷺ prayed the Eid al-Fitr prayer for the first time. And then after that, every year he used to pray that. Yuadhib. He used to pray that continuously every year and he did never leave it. Every year, first of Shawwal, Eid al-Fitr, he would go and pray it. وَاسْتَمَرَّ عَلَيْهَا الْمُسْلِمُونَ خَلَفًا عَنْ And the Muslims have carried on upon that from the time of the Salaf and those who came after. Continuing upon that Eid. فَلَوْ تَرَكَهَا أَهْلُ بَلَدٍ مَعَ اسْتِكْمَالْ شُرُوطِهَا فِيهِمْ قَاتَلَهُمُ الْإِمَامِ If a country, Muslims, all declared we do not do Eid. We're not doing Eid, there is no Eid. Then those are to be fought against. The Imam, the Imam would establish upon them the evidence, etc. And you fight. Because that is not something you can abandon. That is from the apparent signs of Islam, obligated. You cannot abandon Eid and say we're not doing Eid. There is no such thing as Eid celebration in our Muslim country. That is not correct. So where should Eid be prayed? The Sunnah is it should be prayed on an open land somewhere close to where the residents are. Not miles away in some countryside. It should be where people live close by somewhere. Close by somewhere on some open fields, some parks, some fields. That's where the Eid prayer should be prayed. That is Sunnah, not the mosque in fact. Not the mosque. Outside on some open space of land, that is the Sunnah. He used to pray Eid, the Prophet ﷺ used to pray the two Eid prayers outside in the Musallah, not in the mosque. Outside in the open space where they all used to gather. And it's mentioned from the hadith of Abu Sa'id, كَانَ النَّبِيُّ يَخْرُجُ فِي الْفِطْرِ Hadith which is muttafaqun alayh, al-Bukhari wa Muslim. That the Prophet ﷺ used to go out to the Musalla for the two Eid prayers. He used to go out onto the open space where they used to gather to pray the Eid prayers. He did not used to pray it in the mosque, the Eid prayers. لأن الخروج إلى الصحراء أوقع لهيبة المسلمين والإسلام. Because praying that Eid prayer outside shows the world clearly what Islam is and what these Muslims are about. All of the Muslims out in open view. In the mosque you're closed off. Outside in open view of the public and everybody and the people. And it shows the people what Islam is. Look at them, thousands of Muslims coming together for this prayer. And then they pray and they do the khutbah and everything. So it shows openly to everybody, look at Islam. It's clear and open. That's one of the reasons why the Eid prayer, if possible, is done outside. وَأَظْهَرْ لِشَعَائِرِ الدِّينِ وَلَا مَشَقَّ فِي ذَلِكِ 
لعدم تكرره and there's no issue in that it's not difficult to do that because it's only twice a year it's not like we say all five congregational prayers you have to go outside the fields only the two eat prayers so there's no difficulty in it because it's not something which is repetitive whereas Jum'ah even Jum'ah would be a difficulty imagine if you had to do Jum'ah out in the field like eat every Friday that would be difficult that would be a problem but eat only twice a year then it's good to go outside in the field, arrange it, there is no difficulty. Except in Makkah. The Shaykh says in Makkah, the Eid prayer should be prayed in the Haram. In Makkah, it should be prayed in the Haram. But besides that, he mentions outside is better. وَيَبْدَأْ وقت صلاة العيد إذا ارتفعت الشمس بعد طلوعها قدر رمح When do you pray Eid? When does the time for the Eid prayer begin? After sunrise immediately? Not immediately. After sunrise by some moments. Gives the example in the hadith about the spears amount. That the sun comes up a bit. Not as soon as it starts. When it comes up a little bit. When it comes up a little bit, it started coming out now properly. Now the time for Eid prayer has begun. You can pray your Eid prayer now. When can you carry on praying it till? That's when it starts. So Fajr ends. As soon as sunset starts, uh, sunrise starts, Fajr time finishes. Then you wait a bit. It's not straight away Eid prayer. A little bit. Let the sun come. When it comes a little bit, now the Eid prayer time has started. You can pray, and you can pray any time up until when. When the sun is at the zenith, correct. So you're allowed to pray it all the way up until. Zenith, because straight after the Zenith is going to be time for the Dhuhr prayer. So you can pray Eid after Fajr prayer finishes, sun starts coming up, Fajr gone now. And you have to make sure you've prayed it before Dhuhr time starts. So in between that time, between Fajr and Dhuhr, all that morning is opportunity to pray the Eid prayer. فَإِن لَمْ يَعْلَمْ بِالْعِيدِ إِلَّا بَعْدَ الزَّوَالِ but when is it sunnah? You have all of that time after sunrise up until the middle of the day when the zenith is. When's the best time to pray? The five obligatory prayers, all of them should be prayed at the beginning time except Isha. Eid prayer. Now you have a time frame. Where in that time frame should they be prayed best? Earliest time? After sunrise, straight away after sunrise to start. The scholars say for Eid al-Adha, definitely that's what you should try and do. For Eid al-Adha, more important. Why? Obvious. Slaughtering. So the scholars, they say for Eid al-Adha, it's not a good idea to delay. When the sun comes up, soon, as soon as you can, early as you can, it is best to pray Eid al-Adha. Because then people want to go and do their slaughtering and uh, arrange it and cook it and do whatever they're going to do with that. It takes time. 
So it doesn't make sense to delay the Eid prayer till, well, here everybody, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, but to delay it till late, and then it takes a, a while after that to go sort the slaughtering out. All the day is gone. 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock by the time you finish. So for Eid al-Adha, the scholars, they say, as soon as the sun starts rising then properly, as soon as you can after that, pray your Eid as early as possible. As early as possible. Nowadays, sun rises when? 5, 6 a.m.? 6 a.m., okay. Sun rises 6 a.m. So let's say you have to wait a little bit. Let's call it 6.30. Let's call it, for an example, 6.30 a.m., the time for Eid prayer is going to begin next week. And it's going to carry on till uh, 1 p.m. or something? Till 1 p.m. 6.30 to 1 p.m. So when is the ideal time to pray? Ideal. 7 a.m., 6.30, 7 a.m. is the ideal time to pray. Are you going to get up and come pray Eid prayer 6.30? Mm -hmm. So the ideal time is about 7 o'clock, 7.30. Is it allowed to do it later? Most people here, most of the masajids, mashallah, they have some sort of agreement. I don't know, everybody 9 o'clock in the north. All of the mosques, it appears 9 o'clock, 9.30. It's allowed. It's allowed all the way till Dhuhr time, just before Dhuhr time, it's allowed. But the earlier the better. And that is true. I've noticed all of the mosques in the north, MashaAllah, 9 o'clock, 9.30. When you go south, Birmingham, London, MashaAllah, 7.30, 8 a.m. So I don't know what it is in the north. The sun comes up slow in the north or something, I don't know. So a bit earlier for the Adha, at least, I think it would be a good idea. Everybody in the south, the same, our communities, the Salafis, the brothers, the mosques, they do it. 8 a.m., even 7.30, I think I saw. 7.30 a.m., 8 a.m., only here, mashallah, 9 a.m., 9.30 a.m. So I think maybe in future years, in future years, you could maybe plan at least for Eid al-Adha to maybe bring slightly earlier, get people into the custom. 10 o'clock. فَإِنْ لَمْ يَعْلَمْ بِالْعِيدِ إِلَّا بَعْدَ الزَّوَالِ What if, what if this happens? For Eid al-Adha, it won't really happen, but for the other Eid. Eid al-Fitr. On the 29th day, everybody goes out and they look for the new moon, but they don't. See it. So next day is the 30th of Ramadan. But then, they don't realize that just down the road and in other places, the moon has been sighted everywhere. Just this one community, for some reason, they didn't get the news. They looked and they didn't see it. They didn't get the news. But it was seen. It is spread everywhere, just down the road in the other communities. So these people, Masakin, they didn't know. Next day, they're fasting. They're fasting, fasting, fasting. After Dhuhr, they come to Dhuhr, they finish praying Dhuhr. Then all of a sudden somebody tells them and says, what happened to you people? You didn't do eat nothing today? Then they find out. It's been seen everywhere. Just next locality, they saw it. Next locality, they saw it. Everywhere. Then they realize it's Eid today. So now what are you going to do? After Dhuhr, you found out. Break the fast, of course, no doubt. What about the prayer? Next day? So now it is after Dhuhr. It is Eid day. 
You have to stop your fast, of course. What about the Eid prayer? Pray it straight away after Dhuhr or what do you do? No, no, fitr, fitr. Adha, you can't arafa uh, everything. But fitr is true. The time for the Eid prayer, after sunrise, before zenith. Now you are after zenith. So then the Shaykh says, you wait till the next day, after sunrise, when the Eid time comes, the prayer time for Eid prayer comes, make it up then. Then the next day you would make it up, if that situation came up. It happened, it actually happened, there's a narration. It mentions, hilal shawal. That on one occasion, a group of people, they didn't see the new moon. It was covered up, they didn't see it. 29th day. So the next morning, that community, they were fasting, 30th day of Ramadan. Then some riders on horses, etc., from a bit further out, they came to them in the latter part of the day, after Dhuhr, after Asr, later on. From some other locality, not too far away, but on their horsebacks, they came to them. And they said to them, we, we testify, we saw the moon. And they're not far, they're in the same locality, just down further somewhere. They say, we testify, in our place we saw it. And it can be true, even five miles distance sometimes. Might be a big cloud here, just five, ten miles away, the sky is clearer. It's possible. So some of them, they came to them and they said, we saw it and everything. So then, in that case, what did they do? The Prophet ﷺ commanded all of that community, open your fasts. Obviously, you cannot fast. Eid day. And then he told them, tomorrow in the morning, go out and make up your Eid prayer. So that is what you would do in that type of situation. Now, what we were talking about, when should it be prayed? Like we said, the sunnah for Eid al-Adha, this one coming, is that you should do it as early as possible. For Eid al-Fitr, is it also sunnah as early as possible or delay that slightly? That one, it is actually mentioned by the scholars, it's okay, it's actually good. Give it a little bit of time. So the Eid al-Fitr, it's good to just give it a little bit of time. Eid al-Adha, it's good to not give time and do it straight away as soon as possible. So Eid al-Adha, as soon as possible. Eid al-Fitr, a little bit of time, it's okay, it's good. Give people a bit of time. They mentioned different reasons for that. There are different reasons for that. Uh, for the Eid al-Adha, clearly, that is because... People need to pray and go take care of slaughtering. Eid al-Fitr, what could be a reason to delay that slightly? Give it a bit of time. It's okay, a couple of hours, no problem. Why? Why would you delay Eid al-Fitr? Why? Eid al-Adha, you need to do it quick because you have to go slaughter. Eid al-Fitr, it's actually good to give it a bit of time. Before you pray. Why? But there is a reason to delay it. Zakat al-Fitr. Because the best time to give Zakat al-Fitr is the morning of Eid, before the Eid prayer. So to give everybody opportunity after Fajr that morning to go take care of the Zakat al-Fitr. Obviously here now it's different. Everybody gives it, gets sent. But in the countries where people go out and they take care of it, people have an opportunity then. From Fajr up until the Eid prayer, there's a, a bit of a gap. You have opportunity to go out, take care of your zakat, or fitr, everything. 
then come back and 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, how we do it, we pray Eid al-Fitr. So for that reason, Eid al-Fitr, it's good to give it a bit of time. Allow people to take care of Zakat al-Fitr because that has to be done before the prayer. Zakat al-Fitr has to be done before the prayer. Therefore, delay the prayer slightly, give people a chance. Slaughtering has to be done after the prayer. So in that case, make the prayer as soon as possible. Hence the scholars say, Shaykh al-Fawzan says, Eid al-Adha, this one, early as possible. So they can go and slaughter. Eid al-Fitr, give it a bit of time. So people can take care of the zakat al-Fitr, especially people who have forgotten these things. You have a bit of a chance before the Eid prayer then. That is the sunnah regarding the Eid prayers. وَيُسَنُّ أَنْ يَأْكُلَ قَبْلَ الْخُرُوجِ لِصَلَاةِ الْفِطْرِ تَمَرَاتِ Eid al-Fitr, it is sunnah before you go to the Eid prayer that you should eat some dates. But Eid al-Adha, it is sunnah that you should not, not eat anything until you've gone and prayed. For Eid al-Fitr, eat something sweet, dates in the morning before the prayer. Eid al-Adha, it is not sunnah to eat. Go and pray, then come and eat. Again, it makes sense. Eid al-Adha, afterwards, is when all the slaughtering is going to be, all the food is going to be prepared. Eid al-Fitr though, why is it sunnah to eat something before you go? Because to show, you have done the worship of the ibadah of sayyam, of fasting, but today, it is not fasting. Today is the day to eat now and to celebrate. So you eat. Before you go to the prayer, eat in the day. To show that you are not fasting today now. There's a hadith which actually mentions that exactly. He never used to go out on the Eid al-Fitr until he had something. Had some dates, etc. And he never used to eat anything on Eid al-Adha until he went and prayed first. So that is the sunnah regarding that issue. قَالَ الشَّيْخْ تَقِيُ الدِّينَ الْحِلَالِ He said, لَمَّا قَدَّمَ اللَّهَ الصَّلَاةَ عَلَى النَّحْرِ فِي قَوْلِهِ فَصَلِّ لِرَبِّكَ وَانْحَرْ وَقَدَّمَ التَّزَكِّي عَلَى الصَّلَاةِ فِي قَوْلِهِ قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ تَزَكَّى وَذَكَرَ اسْمَ رَبِّهِ فَصَلَّى كَانَتِ السُّنَّةَ أَنَّ الصَّدَقَ قَبْلَ الصَّلَاةَ فِي عِيدِ الْفِطْرِ وَأَنَّ الذَّبْحَ بَعْدِ الصَّلَاةَ فِي عِيدِ النَّحْرِ Notice in the statement of Allah, Pray to your Lord and slaughter. Which comes first? Pray to your Lord and then slaughter. So, Eid al-Adha, prayer first, then slaughtering. In the other ayah, قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ تَزَكَّى وَذَكَرَ اسْمَ رَبِّهِ فَصَلَّى Successful is the one who gives the zakat and then remembers the name of his Lord and prays. Which one came first? Zakat and then remembers Allah and prays. So for Eid al-Fitr, the zakat is given first and then the prayer afterwards. Evidences in the Quran. It is sunnah to go out early for the Eid prayer. Now if it is 9 o'clock, don't go there and get there for 5 past 9, 4 past 9. Early, go early. 8.15, 8.20, go early and be there early. It is sunnah to go there early to the Eid prayer. لِيَتَمَكَّنَ مِنَ الدُّنُوءِ مِنَ الْإِمَامِ 
so that you can be close to the Imam. It is Sunnah to go early for the Eid prayer so you can sit near the front. وَتَحْسُلْ لَهُ فَضِيلَةَ انْتِظَارِ الصَّلَاءِ فَيَكْثُرْ ثَوَابَةِ And you will get the reward of uh, waiting for the prayer and get the extra reward of that too. وَيُسَنْ أَنْ يَتَجَمَّلْ الْمُسْلِمْ لِصَلَاةِ الْعِيدِ بِلِبْسِ أَحْسَنِ الثِّيَابِ It is also sunnah that a Muslim, for the men, when you go out, and for the women in their homes, to wear the best of your clothes. To wear the best of your clothes and to beautify yourself. And that is also mentioned in the hadith of Jabir. كانت للنبي صلى الله عليه وسلم حلا يلبسها في العيدين ويوم الجمعة. He used to have this particular garment, a nice garment. He used to wear it on Fridays and on Eid prayers. He used to wear it on Fridays and on Eid. Special nice garment. So this is something from the Sunnah to wear your good garments and your nice garments on that day. Also it is mentioned about Abdullah ibn Umar radiyallahu anhuma. أنه كان يلبس في العيدين أحسن ثيابه that he used to wear the best of his clothes on the Eid prayer ويشترط لصلاة العيد الاستيطان بأن يكون الذين يقيمونها مستوطنين في مساكن مبنية بما جرت العادة بالبناء به same rule as the Jum'ah the Eid prayer is to be established by residents those who live in established, understood residential homes. Even if it was like that trailer park. It is understood as a residential, that's your home, that is their homes. That is how they live. They are residential places. So you must have residents who establish the Eid prayer. فَلَا تُقَامُ صَلَاةُ الْعِيدِ إِلَّا حَيْثُ يَسُوغُ إِقَامَةُ صَلَاةِ الْجُمْعَةِ so you can only establish the Eid prayer where typically a Jum'ah prayer is being established. Because those same rules apply. The same rules apply, the residents, upon them is to pray the Jum'ah, so upon them is to pray the Eid. لِأَنَّ النَّبِيَّ صَلَّى سَلَّمْ وَافَقَ الْعِيدِ فِي حَجَّتِهِ وَلَمْ يُصَلِّهَا وَكَذَلِكَ خُلَفَاءُهُ مِنْ بَعْدِهِ How do we know that you got to be resident to pray Eid? If you're traveling, you don't pray Eid. People are going to Hajj now. People are going to go on Hajj now. When they go on Hajj on Eid day, do they pray Eid prayer? They don't pray. People who go to Hajj, they don't pray Eid prayer. This Eid prayer now, they don't pray it. It's not part of Hajj. On Eid day, they got to do other things. They got to do the stoning and the slaughtering and the tawaf. Various things they got to do on Eid day. But they don't pray Eid prayer. Because they are travelers anyway. So they are not mustawtaneen as they say. That is an example because the Prophet ﷺ when he was on Hajj and the companions on Hajj, they never prayed Eid prayer in Hajj. They're out there traveling, doing those things. You don't pray Eid prayer there. Eid prayer for the residents. وَصَلَاةُ الْعِيدِ رَكَعَتَانِ قَبْلَ الْخُطْبَةِ The Eid prayer is two raka'at. Before the khutbah. The khutbah comes afterwards. In Jum'ah, how does it work? 
Khutbah first, then the prayer. Eid, prayer first, then the khutbah. And that is mentioned in the statement of Abdullah ibn Umar radiyallahu anhuma. Kana Rasulullahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa Abu Bakr wa Umar wa Uthman yusallun al-Eidain qabla al-khutbah. That the Messenger, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman, they all used to pray Eid before the Khutbah. Eid prayer first, then Khutbah afterwards. Hadith in Bukhari, Muslim. And that is something proven and established from the Imams and established. Prayer first, then Khutbah afterwards. Is it permissible to miss the Eid Khutbah? Once you pray the Eid prayer, is it permissible to get up and just go and miss the Khutbah? Or do you have to sit and wait for the Khutbah and finish as then go? To do what to leave? The khutbah of Jum'ah, is it obligatory or not? Absolutely. For Jum'ah prayer to be established, for you to be able to pray two raka'at instead of four dhuhr, you have to do the khutbah first. It's obligatory. Do the khutbah, then you're allowed to pray two raka'at instead of four. Now the Jum'ah works. Read the khutbah is afterwards, after the prayer, which indicates that the khutbah isn't Compulsory. It's after the prayer. In Jum'ah, it comes first. You have to do the khutbah before you can pray Jum'ah. So everybody's got to come and listen. And then after you've listened and everything, then you pray your two raka'at Jum'ah. So that indicates the Jum'ah khutbah, obligatory. You can't just come and pray two raka'at Jum'ah and go home. Have to do the khutbah, then you can do the Jum'ah. Whereas in Eid, straight away you can just do the prayer. Straight away you can just do the prayer. Khutbah comes afterwards, indicating and showing... The khutbah isn't obligatory like the Jumu'ah one. So it is allowed to leave after the prayer if you need to go. Obviously you should stay. Obviously you should stay, listen, benefit from the khutbah. Something good to start your day of Eid. Some remembrance, obviously. But if you need to go, there's no sin upon you, you can go. If some, something is emergency, something, the way it's organized, you need to go straight away, it can be done. You can go, there's no sin. But of course you should stay. You shouldn't just go just because you can't be bothered to stay. That's not good. You should stay and listen to the remembrance and get a good start to your Eid day. Eid prayer has two raka'at. Are there any others that go with it? Like Maghrib has three fard and then two sunnah. Fajr has two fard, two sunnah. Eid has the two raka'at for Eid prayer. Are there any of the sunnahs that go with it and stuff? Nothing. There is nothing else that goes with the Eid prayer. In the hadith of Ibn Abbas, أَنَّ النَّبِيَّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ خَرَجَ يَوْمَ الْفِطْرِ فَصَلَّى رَكَعَتَيْنِ لَمْ يُصَلِّ قَبْلَهُمَا وَلَا بَعْدَهُمَا that the Prophet ﷺ went out on the Eid al-Fitr and he prayed the two raka'at of the Eid prayer and he did not pray anything before it or after it. 
No other prayer before it or after it. Umar ibn al-Khattab radiyallahu anhu said, Salatul fitr wal adha raka'atan. Eid al-Fitr, Eid al-Adha, two raka'at each for the prayer. Tamam ghayru qasr. And that is complete. That isn't shortened. Umar says, Eid prayer is two raka'at and that's full. That isn't shortened. Don't think you're like traveling, shortening Eid prayer to two. Two is it, that's it, it's full. Tamam ghayru qasr. Ala lisani nabiyikum sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa qad khaba man iftara. So he says, that is what the Prophet sallallahu has taught you upon the tongue of the Prophet sallallahu Two raka'at and that is it. That isn't shortened, that is it. Two raka'at. Is there adhan and iqama? No adhan, no iqama. No adhan and no iqama. La yushra'u li salat al-eid adhan wala iqama. And that hadith is in Muslim. Sallaytu ma'an nabiyyu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam al-eid ghayra marra wala marratayn. He says, Jabir says, I prayed Eid behind the Prophet ﷺ not once or twice, but many times. الخطبة, he would always pray first before the khutbah, khutbah afterwards, without an adhan and without an iqama. He says, several times I prayed the Eid behind the Prophet. ﷺ. No adhan, no iqama ever. How do you actually pray the Eid prayer? You kabbiru. في الركعة الأولى بعد تكبيرة الحرام والاستفتاح وقبل التعوذ والقراءة ست تكبيرات. In the first rak'ah, then so you start Allahu Akbar. Now what do you do? What do you have to do? You can do your istiftah, subhanak Allahumma bihamdika. You can read that, no problem. After that, then what do you do though? Before the Fatiha. You can start Allahu Akbar. And you can do subhanakallahumma bihamdika, you can do that opening part. What do you normally read after the opening part? Next part is A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitanir Rajeem, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. From A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitanir Rajeem onwards, you don't do that yet. You gotta do something else first. How many times? So you've done your first one, Allahu Akbar, to start the prayer. How many more do you have to do now? Six more, so seven altogether. Correct, that is an opinion. For this, there are many opinions. When you look into the books of fiqh, there are so many opinions about these takbirat. But this is one common opinion. Six more. You do six more takbirat. The first one, that's seven altogether. The first one was the takbiratul ihram, to start the Eid prayer. The other six, a sunnah. The first one is pillar. If you miss that first one, you haven't even done your Eid prayer, nothing. The first one is a must. The next six are sunnah. The next six are sunnah. Then In the second rak'ah, how many takbirat? So imagine now you finished all your first rak'ah. You come out of sujood. Allahu Akbar, 
and everybody stands up. How many takbirat now? Five more. That's the common opinion again. Five more there. So six more in the first one after the first Allahu Akbar. Seven altogether. When you're in your second prostration, Imam's going to say Allahu Akbar to get up. So now everybody gets up. Now he's going to do five more. Those five more again are sunnah. Imagine now an imam forgot. So he starts the Eid prayer. Allahu Akbar. Next thing you know, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. He starts reading. Forgot all the takbirat. Is your Eid prayer valid or not? Both rakahs. Eid. He came on Eid. Both rakahs. He forgot the takbirat. Valid? Absolutely. Those takbirat are a sunnah. If the Imam forgot them, the Eid prayer is still valid. The point of the Eid prayer is two rakahs. Those extra takbirat are sunnah you add into the Eid prayer. If an imam forgot them, the prayer is still valid. The prayer is still valid. On one occasion, it occurred to me, several years ago, a few years ago, in one place I was doing the Eid prayer, and I forgot the first rak'ah or the second rak'ah. One of the two rak'ahs, and before I carry on, I should let you know, the night before, I had been traveling from London. I'll tell you, I'll tell you. I had been traveling from London. I had come back at 4 o'clock in the morning from London. Arrived at Fajr time. Slept only one and a half hours. Get up again at 6 o'clock. Travel, not even in my hometown. Travel again to the other city to do the Eid prayer. So when I got there, after all of this jet lag of traveling, so in one of the raka'at, I forgot. I forgot which one, first or second. So, Allahu Akbar. And then, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. So then I heard some people, Subhanallah, Subhanallah, from behind. But then I carried on, khalas. You started the Fatiha, you carry on. Afterwards, then we explained to some of the people, because people, they thought it's obligatory. The Eid prayer has gone wrong. You forgot the takbirat, we have to do it again. So afterwards, we had to explain to everybody, it's not... Nothing wrong with the Eid prayer. Even if you forget them, if the Imam forgets, the Eid prayer is valid. It's okay. Those are extra, sunnah. It's good, you should do them. But if you forget, it's no problem. The Eid prayer is still valid. So, that is regarding those takbirat. Mm. No problem. In the second one, stick to normal, do five. For this one, there are so many opinions. That opinion, I do not doubt it. I do not doubt it. If you go to Nailul Otar and those big books of fiqh, 10, 20 volumes big, you go to this chapter, there's not just one or two opinions, you find pages and pages of opinions. Five in the first one, four in the second, ten in the first one, nine in the second one. So many opinions. And even this opinion, I do not doubt it. I'm sure it will be there in the books of fiqh. That you can do all of them. Correct. That, that would be the normal to, thing to do. Because it is sunnah anyway, there is no need to make it up. There is no need. 
But you're right, it is something the scholars will mention. I am sure of it. That the scholars will mention that as an opinion too. That there is no harm in that. If you forgot them in the first one, add them all up and do them. It will be an opinion. But the common opinion, six extra, five extra. If you forget them, no need to repeat nothing. Just normal carry on and finish. Then. So now I was in the Fatiha. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, I started hearing. So now there is no need to stop the Fatiha and to go do the Takbirat and then start the Fatiha again. There's no need because it is Sunnah. It is Sunnah, those Takbirat. Now we have started in the Rukan. We've started into the Fatiha. Then there's no need to stop the Fatiha, go back and do those that. There's no need for it. It is Sunnah. It's been forgotten. You are into the Fatiha. Carry on now. It's not, if it was obligatory, wajib, those things you go back and do them. Like if you're in, uh, in, the, in the prayer, after the second raka'ah, you're supposed to sit for tashahud. If you forget, and you start getting up, and then you remember, as soon as you start getting up, what are you supposed to do? Sit down. If you're halfway up, and you remember, wait, tashahud, second raka'ah, what do you do? If you're halfway up, or three quarters of the way up. If you're halfway or three quarters, you can go and sit down. If you're full up all the way you stood up, and then, then you remember. Now you're standing up full, now you can't go back. But if you're halfway up, three quarters of the way up, then you think, wait, wait, second rak'ah. Go back, sit down. But for this one, the takbirat, it is not wajib, it is not pillar, only sunnah. So if you go past it, if you go past it, then there's no need to come back to it. In fact, some of the scholars will say you do not go back to it. Because now... The, the position of the takbirat, have we gone past it or not? We've started into the next part, we've gone past the position of the takbirat. It's only a sunnah. So they will say you cannot go back into the previous position for a sunnah. For a wajib you can. Only then you can do it if you have not gone into the next pillar. Even then if you have not gone into the next one. So now we have gone into it. So you would not go back for the takbirat again then. Then, uh, where are we now? Then, يُكَبِّرُ فِي رَكَعَةِ الْأُولَى وَيُكَبِّرُ نعم. وَرُوِيَ غَيْرْ ذَلِكَ The Shaykh mentions, there are many other narrations about how many takbirat you should do. Imam Ahmad said, اِخْتَلَفَ أَصْحَابُ النَّبِي صلى الله عليه وسلم فِي التَّكْبِيرِ وَكُلُّهُ جَائِسِ that the Sahaba, the companions, had different opinions about how many takbirat you should do. And he says all of it is allowed. All these opinions, they are allowed. It's not definitely seven and six and that's it. There are other opinions about how many takbirat you do and it's, there's leeway. There is leeway in that. Do you raise your hands with each takbirat or not? Again, there's some difference of opinion about it. Many of the scholars, they say, yes, you do raise it. If somebody doesn't do it because they follow some other opinion of the scholars about it, no problem. That is not a big issue. There are some scholars who say you don't raise your hands in those takbirat. Others they say that's normal, normal takbirat, raise your hands. There are evidences to raise your hands with the takbirat. So again, that is something you might find some difference about. The other thing 
that we mentioned in the khutbah last week leading up to the Eid prayer in these 10 days of the Hijjah what can you do? Fasting, increasing in the adhkar, increasing in particular saying what? When do you say it? You can say it any time in these 10 days. You can do it now. Any time you can, in your going home, driving home, you can do it. Anywhere. You can do it anywhere. But you do not do it after the obligatory prayers. You don't do it after the obligatory prayers. After the obligatory prayers is only on the, the day before Eid. Arafah day. The day before Eid from Fajr, you can start doing it. Arafah day. But the rest of the time, now these days, it's not after the Eid, uh, it's not after the prayers. Now it's any time open. Ah, afterwards, it is possible to continue up until the end of the Ayyamut Tashriq. Once they end, then that's the Takbir end. And the Ayyamut Tashriq can be three days afterwards. Ah. You can, those three days it's mentioned, ayyamul akri wa shurb. You can't fast in those days. Not permissible to fast in those days unless you're in hajj. If you're in hajj, you can. If you need to make up days because of the slaughtering, etc., you can do it in those days. But here, we can't fast for three days after Eid, you can't fast. Ayyamul tashriq. So that is about the general uh, adhkar as well. What do you recite in the Eid prayer? In the first raka'ah, there are some sunnahs, one of them says, Sabbih isma rabbika al-a'la. In the second one, Hal ataka hadithul ghashiyah. In some other narrations, in the first raka'ah, surat, qaf. And in the second one, iqtarabat. So you have these differences mentioned, and all of them are good. If you do any of those, even if you did something else, not this. Allowed, no problem. But this is what is mentioned about the uh, sunnah. That's it, these, that, that's all that's mentioned. Sabbih isma rabbika al-a'la, then hal ataka hadith al-ghashiyah, and then qaf and iktarabat. Then also, what do you do after the prayer finishes? فَإِذَا سَلَّمَ مِنَ الصَّلَاةِ خَطَبَ خُطْبَتَيْنِ يَجْلِسْ بَيْنَهُمَا Two khutbas sit in between, just like the Jum'ah. And that's a difference of opinion, a lot. Because many scholars, they say, actually the Eid khutbah is supposed to be just one khutbah, and that's it, you finish and go. You don't sit down in between like the Jum'ah. So some people, some Imams, you might see them do one full khutbah and that's it. No, no sitting down in between. That's okay. Other Imams, they take the opinion, no, it's like the Jum'ah one, you sit down in between. Okay. They are all mentioned and it's possible there's a difference of opinion about that issue. About the women, like we said, it is befitting that the women should come to the Eid prayer also. Uh, and also it is befitting that the khatib puts a section of his khutbah about the women. Advice to the women. A section of the khutbah should be made for advice to the women. So that is befitting for the khatib to make sure he does that in the Eid khutbah. That one part of his khutbah is particularly about the issues for the women as well. 
like we said, there is no other prayer before the Eid prayer. So when you go out to the Musalla, should you pray Tahriyatul Masjid or anything to? Nothing. In the mosque? In the mosque you can. Because that prayer is Dhawatul Asbab. It has a specific reasoning behind it. So if the Eid prayer ends up in the mosque, you can pray Tahriyatul Masjid and just sit down. And then wait for the Eid prayer. But outside, if it's outside, nice day, you pray outside, then there's nothing. You go and sit down, that's it. Go and sit down, you don't pray anything else. And that is the major points, most of the points summarized regarding the Eid prayer. That is basically the chapter that the Shaykh mentions. Congratulating, he says at the end, is it allowed to congratulate each other? Absolutely. What about hugging each other? Brotherly love. They say that it is not evidenced that the Sahaba used to go and hug people and eat. But if somebody comes to hug you, then you don't. If they come to hug you, hug them back, no problem. But you going to everybody, hugging them, it's actually not evidenced in the Sunnah to do that. There's no evidence that the Sahaba and the companions and the Salaf, that was a tradition they used to have. So that was something in the Sunnah that they used to think, that you have to go hug everybody afterwards. Not necessarily. But if people hug you, hug them, no problem. Not necessarily. Not necessarily, because even Imam Malik or Imam Ahmed, one of the, the major Imams, he has a, a statement about this. He says, if people come to hug you on Eid day, then you can hug them back. There's no issue with it. It's not, it's not, you're not opposing the sunnah or doing anything haram. If somebody comes to hug you, hug them. You can explain to them afterwards. Afterwards, you can explain to them. Tell them, you know, about hugging, etc. If there's somebody you know, you can talk to them. But you going out and initiating hugs, not particularly. But if somebody comes and hugs you, hug them back, no problem. And taqabbal Allahu minna wa minkum, this type of dua, it is established to be said. Ah, he mentioned Al-Imam Ahmad. Al-Imam Ahmad is the one who said it's okay. If they come to hug you, you can hug them back. And some of the scholars, Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah says, it may be narrated from a group, a few of the Sahaba that they did used to go and hug. It's possible, he says, there are some narrations that maybe they did used to do it. Most of the scholars say there's nothing really proven about it, going out to hug people on purpose, but it's not an issue. It's not really an issue as such. Al-Imam Ahmad, his statement is here in fact. La abtadi'u bih, fa'in ibtada'ani ahad, ajabtu. Al-Imam Ahmad said, I wouldn't initiate hugs to people, but if somebody comes and hugs me, I will hug them back. That's Imam Ahmad. So if somebody comes and hugs you, hug them back, no issue. That is Eid Mubarak, Eid Sa'id. Some of these phrases aren't really an issue. They are just general phrases. Eid Mubarak, may your Eid be blessed. Eid Sa'id, may your Eid be happy and joyous. General phrases like that aren't really a huge issue. It's general talk. It is general congratulations talk. But certain phrases, people take them as if they are almost sunnah. And whenever Eid comes, they send those exact phrases. Uh, phrases like, Kullu aam wa antum Kullu aam wa antum These types of phrases, some of the scholars said it's not really suitable. People have taken them like it's a sunnah. 
Every Eid, that's the phrase you write and send everybody. As if it's a sunnah to say that phrase instead of Taqabullah minna minkum. So certain phrases that have become like that, better to avoid. But generally, Eid, Saeed, it just means have a happy Eid. That's a general type of speech, it's not really an issue. But Jum'ah Mubarak, it's not established. To say Jum'ah Mubarak and these things, that's not established. Uh-huh. Yeah, when the women, if the women go out to the Eid prayer, they must make sure they are not wearing fragrances and they must make sure that they are fully covered like normal. They are going to go normal, fully covered. No fragrances, nothing. That type of thing you can do when you get back home afterwards. They can put on all of the, in the, in the home, amongst their maharim and their families, the fragrance, whatever you want to do. The good clothes, you can take off the covering. No problem. But outside for the Eid prayer, no fragrances, no beautification, normal, covered they go. Women, it's a mistake if they think, let's get ready properly in the morning and then go to Eid prayer. That beautification and fragrances and all these things afterwards. When you go outside to the Eid prayer, you cover yourself normal. So do not have the fragrances and those things on for the Eid prayer. That's impermissible, haram. Women go out without fragrances. And the clothes, even if they put their new beautiful clothes on, it's not an issue as long as they are fully covered properly on top. As long as you are fully covered and it's not going to be exposed, underneath it doesn't make a difference, but they must be fully covered properly, normal as you would go outside. The women clothes should not be eye-catching, you're right, so they are covering on top. Their normal jilbabs and abayas and all these things, they should not be colorful and flowers and all these things should be plain and simple, something which does not catch the eye. It can be different colors, no problem. Maroon, blue, green, black, brown, whatever. It can be different colors, but not eye-catching with designs and patterns and pictures so that men, they see the women with these clothes and catches their eye. Something which is not eye-catching, you're right. Topics of society, topics of family, topics of raising the children, topics of ibadah and keeping yourself firm and your families upon the religion, saving yourself from the hellfire. Those types of issues that will rectify society. That's what they mentioned. Even for Jum'ah, same thing. Jum'ah khutbah, the types of topics that you choose are mentioned in the sunnah. There should be types of topics that are societal topics. Topics that will rectify society and, and uh, advise people to stop their sinning and tell them about the, the good deeds that they should be doing. Those types of khutbas, in, uh, uh, encouraging the sunnah, warning against the bid'ah, encouraging about the paradise and aiming for it and warning against hellfire. These types of topics to encourage everyone and get everybody motivated and uh, to realize and see sense. That is the type of topic you do for the Jum'ah khutbas and for the Eid khutbah. So it's for your society, for your family to raise the kids. Sunnah, clinging to it, stay away from innovation, those types of things. Well, what can you do? But alhamdulillah, normally it's okay. <laughs> normally it's okay. Why would you not understand? We'll English. We'll English, Arabic. No problem, inshallah. Somebody learn Arabic quickly, can translate. 
question here is Eid al-Adha in four days. Today is, or is it four days? Is it four days long? Is Eid al-Adha four days long? Correct. You can say that. Some scholars do mention it. You can say that. You can say Eid al-Adha is technically four days long. Eid day and then another three days afterwards is all celebration type of days. It can be said, you're right. Alright, we'll conclude there. Next week is obviously going to be off. What was the homework? The Prophet used to lean on a stick. It's mentioned in Abu Dawood. Al-Albani classed it as Sahih. And Nawawi also mentioned that it is recommended in Baghawi. Sifat al-Saran. Okay. This is interesting here then. The Prophet used to lean on a stick. It's in Sunan Abi Dawood. Al-Sheikh al-Albani classed it as Sahih. Authentic narration. So we'll have a look into this further and the explanations of it. That is good. Inshallah, one day a prize for you. Ah. Remember, one day we'll give you a prize. Remind me afterwards. This was his. Halas, huh? we'll conclude there. Next Saturday off then. Why is next Saturday off? You don't know after everything we talked about, you don't know? Because it's Eid. And you just said it's four days long? Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So next week nothing, the week after, inshallah ta'ala.